Monday morning, guys, 9 o'clock Central. There are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left. Well, not just any track. We're basically going to have to win. Daytona. A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive. One point to the good. And for fans to experience an event unlike any other. NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. the track the hot pass racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass all right everyone like to welcome you what used to be on monday mornings but with technical difficulties on monday and tuesday it was uh impossible to play the recordings, but hey, look, we got it now, and we're going to bring in the winner over at uh, IPR, IRP, the Arkham Menard Series, and we got Jesse Love, man, Jesse's uh brought it back into uh, Victory Circle, and we're going to got like four minutes to Jesse. Let's listen to Jesse. Talk about that final restart. Um, you really got the jump there at the end after he had sort of pulled out into a gap at the before the caution. Yeah, you know, sometimes you just kind of have to will it to happen and find a way. Um, I have a, one of my favorite quotes. I'm going to get tattooed on me. I forgot what it is, though. But it, it means, you know, to find a way even when there isn't one. Um, and I thought, uh, you know, obviously God bless us with a great restart uh, and a great start to even have the option to, you know, get the field bunch back up. And uh, once that came out, I knew I had a shot, you know. Um, and then he put me in a tough spot when he slid me for the lead. Um, so I, kinda, I knew I kind of had one on him that I could kind of return the favor. And it was still clean. It was a clean side job. Um, but I was coming up no matter what. So um, happy that he tried to cross me over and had just enough drive on those cold tires to, you know, get good enough bite off to keep a lead. And then... After that, just run as hard as I could. I thought I did a decent job of keeping my tires really cool after that on that restart. So uh, that was the biggest thing. And just getting to the gears, uh, just being aggressive and, and timing the, the, the jump as best I could. In in that long run, you were running very different lines in through three and four, and it looked like looked like he, you know, basically down in the corner, dropped down to the bottom, and that allowed him to gain some. Yeah, you know, I, I thought that that I thought that was the best line for sure. Um, if I was too free, though, then I would have to break my momentum to do so. So my thought process was to carry some momentum and chase some cold racetrack. And I think I was look, I was searching around the entire race. I never got fixated in one lane. I was constantly looking for a little bit of grip here, a little bit of grip there, and, and just try to find a way. And uh, you know, momentum was big, so I thought the top would be better. And at the end, it was just momentum for me around the top, and you know, not cut down the apron. And, um, Obviously, the shade started to shade up a little bit and cool the track off in certain areas, which would give me a mixed balance. So um, every lap, I was trying something different until I caught on something. And I'd run that for about five laps, and it would go away, and I'd move on to the next lane. What do, what do you think of um, What do you think of Luke as a competitor? 
Yeah, he's a phenomenal race car driver. I've, I've uh, raced with Luke over the last few years. Um, one of the best super drivers in the country and uh, one of the best short track racers that I've ever raced with. So um, I think very highly of Luke. Uh, he's, he's a great friend as well. Um, very clean and hard racer from Wisconsin. And um, I always appreciate racing with him. I always know what he's going to do. Um, I always know he's going to run me harder than anybody else, but cleaner than everybody else too. So, um, you know, if I could, if it wasn't me, I was hoping it would be him for sure. Um, I have a lot of respect for him. and. He's has a great family and you know great people around him, um, and hopefully he gets a lot of good opportunities coming up because he deserves it. Your seventh win going into the season, would you have expected anything like that? Um, you know, no. I thought, you know, I kind of changed my, my thought process a lot before I got my first one at Talladega, um, and that's just to do the best job that Jesse Love can do every every week. And um, you know, yeah, there's some weeks where I'm gonna show up and my best might not be enough, but um, you know, I feel like God's blessed me with enough talent to where. You know, most of the time, if I do the absolute best job that I know that I can do, uh, that I have a shove a shot to win. Terrific. Thank you very much. Yep. You just mentioned Taladiga, and then you have some extreme raceway park. What's that? Sorry? And then you have the other extreme raceway park, relatively short. Yep. How difficult is it to run in traffic? It's, it's tough because they all run different lanes, just like the leaders do. Yeah. Um, so you have to have a good spot I tell you where to go. You have to do your homework on what kind of driver they are. And you have to, as you're catching them, figure out where they're going to run and what they're going to do. And then sometimes you just got to, you know, send it off in there and hope they lift. And uh, it's all about getting in front of them. Once you get in front of them, they, they don't try to pass you back because they're a lead lap car. And uh, another question concerning your future neighborism. Doing this ACA series, I think logically the next step is rescue business, right? But are you also looking in other categories or championships? Um, no, you know, my, my focus next year is on Xfinity and trucks, okay. um, whether that be full-time in both or part-time in both or yeah. whatever it might be. Um, you know, I'm just focused on whatever it is, do the best job that I know that Jesse Love can do every week. Um, okay. And I always you know, have a joke that if I don't make it in cups, that I'll go you know, sprint car racing. So. Oh, really? Yeah. So you, know, so you don't look in European-style racing, endurance? Or no, no, not really. Um, if, if NASCAR doesn't work out, I'm a good dirt tracker. Okay. Good. Thank you very much. All right, Jesse Love, and it's good to hear Wolfgang. I have not seen Wolfgang or heard from Wolfgang since 2020. Uh, when I was at, uh, oh, John Bishy up at Worldwide Technology, I asked John if he had seen or heard of Wolfgang since the pandemic, and uh, somebody overheard us and, and said, yes, he, he is alive. So, uh, Wolfgang, good to hear you still around, and maybe I'll see you at Watkins Glen. Uh, but it's, uh, we got tag. Ty, we also have Ty Gibbs and Xfinity, but we got Ty Majeski calling, going to be in here in just a second. He was the winner at the truck race at Lucas Oil Raceway, which is the old uh, IRP, but NASCAR Lucas Oil. All right, guys, uh, Ty Majeski bringing it home in the truck series. He seems to be getting a little more familiar with the trucks. We are now joined by tonight's uh, winner of tonight's NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series race here at Lucas Oil Indianapolis Raceway Park. Ty Majeski, driver number 98 Ford Sport Racing Ford. If you have a question for Ty, please raise your hand and we'll get a lot of questions. Stevens about the pressures.com. Ty, I guess the 
question I have is, is that the same truck that you guys used at Richmond, or was it a brand new one? No, same one, same truck, yep. Uh, this was actually the truck we went with last year at Bristol and then uh, brought it to Phoenix for the championship race. So it's been a good truck for us. Um, uh, we actually ran it last year at Richmond too. So um, it's been a good truck. It was brand new last year. Um, we're planning on bringing a new one to, uh, to Milwaukee. And uh, obviously when you build a new one, you always expect it to be better. So um, thankfully we don't have too much to lose now at Milwaukee. So uh, we can bring a new truck and see how it is and uh, make our decision from there. of unknowns. Um, I have a couple eight mile race wins there. Um, you know, I, I'm not I'm not quite sure. The, the ARCA cars, you know, the, the fields aren't that big and the competitive pack isn't that big. So I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of unknowns from Milwaukee. Um, you know, the, sh the shape and the corners are, are kind of like IRP, but a lot longer straightaway. So arrow matters a little bit more and you're going faster. So uh, very conflicted on uh, what package to go with there. Joe and I have been talking a lot about it. Um, if you go something more towards Gateway or more towards here or somewhere in the middle. So a lot of discussion. The jury's still out on that. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Joe and I will talk next week and um, try and figure out a good package. Thank you. Those on. Relieved were you that it just went clean and green? Very relieved. Uh, you, you never want to lay race restarts, right? Especially here. Um, the track's so wide and they're just going to go where you're not. Um, and you're kind of a sitting duck as the leader here. So, um, yeah. We Every time I'm in these truck races and we win, it, uh, other, with the exception of Homestead, it, it always seems like um, there's always lay race caution that throws a wrench into it. We were leading here last year, same thing happened. Um, you know, so, yeah. Obviously, you never want you never want to lay a race restart when you have a commanding lead like that. Um, everything, anything can happen at that point. So, uh, thankful it went green, and um, thankful I was able to execute pretty well on the restarts uh, leading up to that point. We're going back to Milwaukee. Uh, it, you know, it's almost like a home game for you. Um, what would it mean to have a solid run there at that racetrack, even you know, despite it being a playoff race? Well, I'm going to have a lot of hometown friends, family, uh, supporters, people that, you know, supported me from the go-kart days, uh, late models, right? Um, there's going to be a lot of people that finally have the opportunity to go and see me on the NASCAR stage uh, and people that had a hand in getting me to this point. So, um, yeah, it would be incredibly special. And I feel like this win um, sort of opens it up for us to be a little bit more aggressive, whether that's, you know, strategy or, uh, you know, restarts or, or even a setup, right? Maybe we can... Um, try something a little bit at Milwaukee for Phoenix or you know so um, I feel good about that you know the only things that matter now these next two races for us are playoff points let the stage win or a race win so we need to try and take advantage of that and um, try and build up our points gap uh, or cushion uh, from the bubble going into the going into the second round. I talked to Luke Benhouse earlier tonight and you know you know his story his story is your story except for when I look at you you have a talent, you have an engineering background, um, you know, you came in the sport when they were still giving guys like you an opportunity. How hard is it going to be for the next generation of drivers coming from the slingers of the world um, that don't have 
marketable skills like an engineering background like you do to succeed unless they have a checkbook? Well, it's not easy. You need to find your, you know, find a way to set yourself apart, right? Is that a big sponsor, or is it working at the shop, or you know, is it, you know, a big personality, which is not me, but some people have made it work on that, right? So you need to find find a way to set yourself apart from just the norm, right? There's a, I feel like a lot of great race car drivers on the short tracks that um, could compete at this level and do very well, um, but how are you going to set yourself apart from? all the rest of them. And I feel like I've found a way to do that myself and um, I've been able to open opportunities for myself just from um, just loving racing, right? Whether it's being at the shop, going to the racetrack, racing late model races, um, just I live, eat and breathe racing and uh, my wife knows, <laughs> she's over there. Um, this is just what I do, it's a way of life, right? And it's, it's not just a job, it's like I said, a way of life and um, I've been able to um, you know, stay afloat when times weren't that good and I had a great support system around me to keep going and uh, propel me to the next opportunity. Thank you for your time and congratulations. Thank you. Any additional questions? There are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left. Well, not just any track. We're basically going to have to win. Daytona. A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive. One point to the good. And for fans to experience an event unlike any other. Yeah! NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. All right, we are now joined by the winner of tonight's NASCAR Xfinity Series race here at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. That's Ty Gibbs, driver of the number 19 Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota. Uh, Ty, obviously a very special place to win. Um, if you would start us off by just telling us what this min win means to you and how you can take the positive momentum into tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it's a really special track to win. I grew up racing go-karts pretty close here at Newcastle and um, to be able to win here um, and kiss the bricks is really special to me and it's a it's a really cool uh, a really cool track to win at. a lot of history um, and, and it's uh, it's a really great day all right we're going to open up to questions now if you have a question please raise your hand we will get a wireless microphone to you we're going to start here with Wolfgang and then go to Bob actually two questions uh, f first of all, Ty, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, question number one, uh, when the race was interrupted because this weather problems with lightning, how were the track conditions after the restarts? And I think you were also for a couple of laps racing or running in spray. Normally, NASCAR is not racing under, uh, under rain condition on ovals. How different is the situation for you as a driver? Yeah, well, I don't think it was, you know, the spray wasn't as bad, um, you know, and, and it was easier to see, especially um, being out front was nice and, and not having to have that spray on me. And um, it was, uh, it was, we just made a good call on the, on keeping on the reins. I think we should have came in two laps early on, on, on dry. So um, it's, it's racing. We'll go to Bob. Uh, Bob Parker's Fox Sports. What did you think of the placement of the new restart zone, and do you feel like it did what it was intended to do? 
Yeah, for sure. I think it was a, a really big help, and I think it probably needs to be pushed back probably 15 feet. Honestly, the whole thing needs to be pushed back a little earlier, but I think it's it's definitely a right step in, in the right direction. Uh, what do you mean? What would be the advantage of pushing it back? Uh, I think we're just – I personally, from my experience of being, you know, restarted back there today, I think – we're just a little a little closer than what I thought we would be. That's why I said that. Going into turn one, I think, was, was a lot going on, but not as bad as last year's cup race. Do we have any additional questions for Ty? All right, Ty, congratulations. There are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left. Well, not just any track. We're basically going to have to win. Daytona. A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive. One point to the good. And for fans to experience an event unlike any other. Yeah! NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. that with your family oh man what a special day um yeah it's unbelievable honestly i mean to um you know to win the daytona 500 there's not a lot of things that can top that um but this is a close second and uh, to have my family here with me it's very special you know obviously they couldn't be there at daytona and um you know that was tough but at the same time you know We've been building and building at Front Row Motorsports and felt like we would have another opportunity to win a race. And um, I'm not going to lie, we cherry pick as a family which races we go to. We go to the ones that we think we can win, and we talk about it. We do. We talk about it as a family of like, all right, we're all going to be there. This is the weekend, you know. And if it didn't happen this weekend, we'd go to Watkins Glen and say, all right, guys, this is the weekend. Um, and so to have it all come together, it's, it's um, you know, super special. All right, we're now going to go to questions from the media. If you have a question, raise your hand. I'll work to get a mic to you. And we're going to start with Kelly. Hmm. Kelly Crandall, Racer.com first. First, Michael, you did, in fact, prove Denny Hamlin wrong, as you said you would on Twitter. Yeah, so I don't, I'll be honest, I don't get on there a lot. And I typically don't let things bother me much. And it's not that it bothered me. But what he put out there was just inaccurate. Um, Chase Elliott is the best road racer in the Cup Series. We know that right now. He has the most wins. Um, so you can't statistically say that he's not the best. He is the best, right? And it was not a dig at Chase. All I was doing is looking at the stats. He's not going to gain 40 points on us on the road courses. Now, he he could win. I, I would agreed with him on that. He could win for sure, which obviously he was close today. Um, but I felt like if we just go out there and do what we do on the road courses, we're going to run fifth in each stage. We're going to finish fifth in the race, and he's maybe going to gain five, seven, eight points, right? There's no way he's going to make up 40 to us on the road courses. Um, so that's all I was saying, but you know how it happens, right? It's not how it comes off, you know? Um, but, yeah, it was it was more in, in fun, right, with him. Uh, and I talked to him walking into the driver's meeting today. 
And I was like, man, I was so mad when Chase Elliott outqualified me yesterday just because I was going to send a tweet out to him uh, if I outran Chase, you know, in qualifying. But then he got me that last laugh and qualified third, and we qualified fourth. And I'm like, well, I better not say anything because he did beat me. Um, but, yeah, I wasn't thinking about that on the racetrack uh, today, but I'm glad that you brought it up. Um, maybe he should have me on actions detrimental tomorrow, and we can talk about it. The second thing I wanted to ask is you qualified for the playoffs in 2021 with a win at Daytona. With how well this team has run this year and being in the, the playoff picture already coming into this weekend, does this victory to clinch a playoff spot feel maybe even better or more impressive to you of doing it this way than compared to 2021? 100%, yes. And um, pointing our way in uh, would have been – would be and we'll still look at it that way as if we end up being able we're in right but we're going to look at the points because pointing our way in was something that we took a lot of pride in if we could do that as a team because it shows how consistent you are and it shows your performance right um but it's no secret that this year is unique because you've had drivers that haven't run all the races and so we're not sitting here saying oh man look at us we're saying this is our shot because of those circumstances, because our some of the top guys haven't won yet and some of those guys missed races, it's opened up the window for us to have a shot. Now, doing what we did today, um, you know, I feel like is what we needed to do because I felt like no matter what, there's going to be somebody that wins from behind there, and I'm glad that that somebody was us. We were below the cut line, and we won, and now we're that person. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's. I haven't let the playoffs settle set in yet because winning here has been so cool. Um, I think tomorrow or um, Tuesday, when we think about Watkins Glen and we think about how we don't have to just crush every element, that we could just go there and um, and go for the win and have fun, which I think we can do, is uh, it's going to be a big relief. But right now, I'm not feeling that. Uh, I haven't got to the playoffs yet. I'm just enjoying today so far. All right. Our next question will go to Jordan. Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic. Um, Daytona was a speedway race. We know how those are characterized. But to come here on a road course to do this, to beat them the way you beat them today, what does that say as a statement? I think that it just shows how strong our team is, right? Um it's one thing, you know, if you're restarting sixth here on a green-white checker, you fire it in there and you steal a win, right? And um, that's not what we did today. And what we did today is we had the fastest car and we won. And I think it says a lot for our race team and, and what we have been able to do and what we've been able to build on. And, you know, this next-gen car has really helped us on the road courses. And last year we were close. We weren't we weren't a race-winning car, but I felt like we were a top three to five car. And we've just built on that and built on that and built on that. And, you know, at Sonoma, I think we had a shot at it before we hung that lug on that last pit stop. I mean, there wasn't a lot of people talking about it, but we were the only one that could run with Martin and felt like, hey, we're pretty close. If we execute and do everything right and hit it right, maybe we can actually go and contend. But yesterday was just different. When I unloaded yesterday, I felt like, yeah, we're going to be contenders. And if you just look at practice, we are the fastest in practice, fastest five-lap, fastest 10-lap, fastest average. 
and I woke up this morning nervous. I really did. I don't normally wake up nervous. I was anxious, um, feeling like I think I have a race-winning car here, and I just got to go do my job and not look like an idiot, and um, thankful we were able to do it. And then the narrative for this is going to be, this is like a Cinderella victory, right? In your estimation, is this a Cinderella win? Absolutely not. I think we've been the fastest road course car since this next-gen car over average of it. And I think statistically it'll show that, right? I think if you just look at the average finish and you look at average running position, we've been a top-five car every single road course race since this next-gen car's come in. Um, So is it a Cinderella story from a lot of different aspects maybe but off of pure performance like I feel like we've been nailing it and having a shot at it but I also look at it as like we're going up against some really big teams with a lot of resources and um, to do what we did today is is pretty awesome and what's, what's the last few weeks been like for you sorry what'd you what, say? No, what's the last few weeks been like for you stressful yeah, stressful for sure. Um, the last two weeks haven't gone well, right? So Richmond, and we had a good car, and just we went for it on strategy, and it backfired, which hasn't happened. Travis has done a great job with strategy, and we have stolen top ten finishes more than once this year by his great strategy calling. Uh, I would say it if he was in the room. Richmond was not his best day on strategy calling. We took a 10th place car and ran 20 with it. Um, that's not what we needed to do as far as playoff points go, right? And then at Michigan, had damage early, and we just we just gave up so many points. So the last two weeks have been stressful. Um, but even leaving Michigan, because a lot of those guys had ba- bad days, when we were only down three, I thought, well, this is still great because we got three great tracks coming up that I feel like we'll be able to outpoint the guys that we're racing. Um, but then when Daniel put it on pole yesterday, I was like, oh, man, you know, like, and Ty was fast in practice, and, and that's what I anticipated. I anticipated it was going to be a dogfight between all of us um, if we had to do it via points. And so I'm I'm glad that we don't. And um, and this definitely relieves some some pressure going into the next couple of weeks. All right, we're gonna microphone to Dustin. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Um, Michael, uh, Travis talked about uh, when you guys had a meeting to determine if you know when you had your interview with him, and he said that you know one of the things. He, he mentioned uh, was that I guess you, you referenced, hey, I'm going to be talking to other people. He said he, he remembered he thought there was like an older crew, or crew chief, a more experienced crew chief. And his, his comment was, in essence, why wouldn't you take a, a chance on a guy without the experience? Yeah. He said, he said that, that line, or if I'm phrasing it right, um, resonated with you and kind of made an impact. Do you remember yeah. that and how so and why? Yeah, so... <laughs> have a lot of freedom and flexibility in front row motorsports obviously and um and so when i met with travis and i met him for lunch i had a pretty short list of guys that i felt like could do the job and it's not just do the job it's it's a different fit at front row motorsports you have to be able to do more than one thing um there's a lot of crew chiefs in the cup series that are really good car guys and there's a lot of crew chiefs in the series that are really good engineers we have to have both we can't have just one because we don't have enough people 
we don't have enough depth to just be um, laser focused on one area or another. And so when I lost my my lead engineer to to Penske, I knew we had to have an engineer minded crew chief um, because we just didn't have two two people to fill the spot. So when I met with him after coming off of Blake, who was a car guy, very little engineering experience, I'm like, oh, this is the opposite of what I just had and had success, but this is what I need. And all I was doing is just see if he had the fire. Because if you don't have fire, you'll never make it in, at Front Row Motorsports. You just won't. You have to be a fighter because it's hard. You've got to do a lot more stuff than most of the people around you have to do. And you've got to put in more hours, and you've got to be willing to do more with less. And so I was just seeing if I could piss him off a little bit, and he was fiery, and that's what I wanted. I wanted somebody that was fiery. And um, I met with five or six guys, and I left that lunch like, this is my guy. If if I can get him, this is my guy. I just felt it in my gut, felt it in my heart. And I think that for us, our dynamic is really good. We work really closely together. Um he challenges me and I challenge him. Neither one of us are offended, which is a big part of it, because I can be fairly offensive. Um, y'all don't get to see that side of it, but behind closed doors and meetings, I am fiery. And I think that that's what it takes to take it to the next level, and he has that. And so that's that's cool. It's It's been a good combination. And you referenced uh, with, with the Daytona win, certainly because of COVID protocols, things were different in Victory Lane. Family wasn't there. So what was what was Victory Lane like with family? What was Victory Lane with, like with people and people and your crew guys and, and, and that experience? I'm, I'm almost wondering if it was like a whole new experience. It was, for you. yeah. Yeah, it was a whole new experience. And, you know, Daytona, it was it's still awesome. And I, and I think you and I talked about this, Dustin. I didn't want anybody to feel like, oh, poor me, like he didn't have his family and he just won the biggest race. So I didn't want that to be the story. But what people don't understand is, like, we have traveled to Daytona every single year for 16 years. That's the first one they've missed, right? And so for the first one that they missed, be the one that I win, it was like, oh. But we didn't fixate on it. We were just like, I told my kids, there's going to be another one. There's going to be another one. Um, and you just, you, winning in the Cup Series is so hard, you just never know. So it was definitely special today. I mean, this is special. Indianapolis is special. And even the kissing the bricks, and I got a ring, right? You only get rings for certain races. I got the two best rings you can get. Like, all that stuff is just just so neat. It's just uh, humbling, and I'm thankful and grateful. And, yeah, it's just it's a dream come true. It really is. And I think today was more special for me than, than the 500. And not that it was bigger than the 500. I don't want anybody to write that. It's not bigger than the 500. The 500 is the biggest race you can win. But it was more special to me because of how we did it. We dominated the race. We had the fastest car, and we executed. That's what dreams are made of. And to do it like we did it today, I think, is super special. And I'm sorry that it was a boring race for the fans. <laughs> All right, we have a question up front. 
Blake Smith, ESPN Radio Owensboro. Michael, you talked about boring race for the fans. On that, maybe not on that so much, but 77 laps of green flag racing today. Do you expect that going into the race, and how did you have to change your strategy to do so? We did expect it. We are hopeful for it. Um, we really were because we knew we had a good long-run car. And without having the stage breaks, there's the potential for that. We saw it at Sonoma too, right, um, minus a, a late race caution. But that thing was going to go green the whole time too. Um, and so it's like capitalizing on the opportunities. We knew this year that no stages was going to create opportunities for us because we've always had to be in a must-win situation. And so we've never taken stage points at, at the road courses. We've always pitted with two laps to go because we need the track position. We need to put ourselves in position to win. And so we are always racing track position with the stage breaks. And so we knew this year out of all the years that if we just had a fast car execute, we're going to run so much better than we would with the stage breaks because even even today is a perfect example of you can build a lead and when you pit, you're not going to lose five spots if you have a, a hiccup. You're going to lose one because you built a three or four second lead over the car behind you, right? So we knew that there was a lot of opportunities without stage breaks. And then with this running as green as it did today, it played into our wheelhouse for sure. Um, but I was thinking about it. Those those last 15 laps, you know, I just I wanted them just to give me the gap every lap because I was trying to manage tires. I didn't want to be pushing so hard that, one, I make a mistake, or two, that I used it up too much, and then we have a late race caution, and then Chase Elliott gives me the business. And I didn't know how how much he was saving behind me. I didn't know how hard he was pushing. Um, and so, yeah, it was a, for me, it was just trying to be a little bit strategic of not pushing too hard, but not letting him get close enough. And you are the road course winner at Indianapolis and the buzz in the garage area this weekend is next year going back to the oval. Lame. (laughs) There's the answer. What are your thoughts on that? So, you know me, I'm biased, right? I want to run on as many road courses as we can. And, um, but I do understand the prestigiousness of running the brickyard and being on the oval, and I do think that this next-gen car is going to put on a good race. It's going to put on a better race than our previous-generation car here. Um, so I understand the wanting to go back to the oval. All I'm asking is, can we do both? Can we run the oval and the road course? Is that a possibility? Um, but, yeah, we'll see what happens. Thank you. They don't ask me, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're going to go to Bruce and then Matt. Back in 2004, you won the USF 2000 championship, Mm -hmm. and you're even in the uh, USF 2000 Hall of Fame as a road racer. How much of your early road racing skill really helped you get to today? I think it helped a lot, Um, but what's hard about it, and I was thinking about it when SVG came in and waxed us, is it's been 16, 17 years since I've run road course cars full-time. And so even though I have that experience, it's a long time ago. And I've raced a lot of ovals and created a lot of bad habits doing that, right? And I don't mean bad habits, but you understand what I'm saying for road course racing, uh, different habits. And so um, I think that it helps, and I think that this next-gen car probably was what I needed to be able to kind of show what I could do. And it's not just because it leveled the playing field. That's part of it. 
The other part of it is it's very similar to what I raced before going into the Cup Series with the Daytona prototype. Um, as far as the floor on the car, the downforce, the sequential shift, all those things. So I've been really comfortable in this car since it's you know unloaded, uh, not just on the road courses either, on the ovals as well. So um, it's played into my wheelhouse, um, but I don't think it's a huge advantage anymore because I'm not doing much of it. Now, if I was running five or ten races a year in other forms of road racing, then I think it would be helpful. But I'm an oval guy that has road course experience um, because it's so long ago, you know. So, yeah. And also, obviously, family is very important to you. You have a a big family. You've given a a home to some members of your family. And if you could just talk about that as being the foundation of your character. Well, just so you know, my plan was to never have five kids. Okay, that's crazy. It's a lot of kids. I don't know if anybody's got a lot of kids, but five is a lot. Um, but the Lord had different plans. And so when we had our, our son, I was like, this is perfect. One kid, we can manage this on the road and still travel. And I was driving the bus and all that. Um, and then we just felt to we felt called to adopt. And we started that process. And it took a long, long time and a lot of roadblocks. And a lot of different things happened over those, I mean, it took seven years for the adoption to go through. And in those seven years, my wife was like, I think we should have more kids. And I was like, no no, that's a bad idea. We're struggling and barely making it, and I'm starting and parking and driving my motor home and not doing anything well. And um, But, you know, looking back now, it's the greatest thing we've ever done. I mean, we have a big family, and we have great, healthy kids, and um, it's kind of who we are, right? Like, uh, when we get on the plane and we take half the plane, people look at us like we're crazy, and I know that. I know we're crazy. We are. You should see all the stuff we have to bring. But it, it's who we are. We travel as a family. We stay together as a family. This sport is tough on families, and you guys know that. You guys live it, right? I mean, you're here every weekend, and you're away from your family. You don't have them come and travel. And so being that I can, we just made it a priority. And by celebrating with your family, I mean, how do you celebrate? Are they all going out to Dairy Queen tonight, and you're going to run up a big bill at Dairy Queen? or just How do you do that as a family? Well, depending on how long this goes, they're going to make me stop at Cookout on the way home because that's what my kids always want. Cookout's open late. Now, this is not a Cookout plug because I don't get any endorsement deal from them, but it's where my kids want to go uh, when we get home. So um, hopefully it's still open, and that's probably where they'll want to stop, and they usually get milkshakes there. And it's going to be late, and they're going to be wound up. And then they got school tomorrow, which is not going to be fun. This is going to be a tough, tough little grind. So I'm thinking about the victory right now and not thinking about what 7 a.m. is going to be like, getting home late and getting everybody's backpack and lunch ready to go. But we're going to make it happen. All right, we're going to go Matt and then Lee, and then we'll finish up over here. Matt Weaver, Sports Not. When you told your family there will be another one, how much conviction was there? Because as you've mentioned, you know these are tough and hard to come by. Like, did you really believe there'd be more to come? So y- y'all are gonna think I'm crazy, which I am, and I know that I'm borderline crazy. But I believe in all my heart that there's gonna be way more. I always have. I know it sounds crazy. Even when I was start parking, I'm like, there's gonna be a day I'm gonna win races and win championships. I know it. I feel it. And my mindset hasn't changed from that. It's just been a, a rough road. <laughs> and it's been 
it's been tough. I mean, it just is. But I won't allow myself to think anything else because why would I be here? Like, it's just when you've dedicated your entire life to something, to suck at it is not an option. And it's just taken me more years than I've wanted to not suck at it. <laughs> and then to that point, what is the, the ceiling? Because when, when you re-upped with this team, a lot of people were disappointed for you only because they wanted to see you be at a mega team, right? Can you build this into a mega team in the tenure that you're here? That's a, a loaded question. It's tough, right? It's tough to answer because we have limitations, right? And some of those limitations I can't control. I can't. Um, but at the same time, all it's going to take is a little bit more support and a little bit more funding, and I think we can. Are we there today? No, we're not there today. We have the building blocks to do it. We have the foundation to do it. We just need a few more things to do it. And, you know, without getting into the nuts and bolts of everything, my owner, Bob Jenkins, still spends a lot of his own money to do this. And he loves it. He's excited. He's over the moon today. I mean, this is a great day for him. Um, but until we have more support, it's going to be hard to make it a championship contending team week in, week out. But I think we have the building blocks to, to go in that direction. And when you look at, like, track house, it gives me a lot of confidence that it can be done. you just got to put the pieces together and have it there to do it. Um, so I think we're close. I think we just need a little bit more, a little bit more in every area, and and we could put that together. Yep. Hey Spencer Ketchman, you had been on the bubble for so long, and then last week at Michigan, I'm just wondering um, what went through your mind because you just had a, you had an absolutely miserable day. Miserable I mean, day. And it was so tough to watch from the press box. You know, just the I mean, because. You're trying to fight and claw, but it was beyond your control. Yeah, yeah. So Michigan was tough because um, we had a really fast car in practice. And that's one of the places that I feel like separates the big teams and small teams. And in practice, I was like, hey, we got a top ten car. That's hard to do at Michigan. And then we got that nose damage. And, you know, whatever happened, how it bent the front bumper, there was no support there. So every time we'd fix it and get it to pop out, as soon as you get up to top speed, the whole thing would cave back in, and it was like I had a parachute. And there was just nothing that we could do. We tried fixing it six or seven times. We did everything that we could possibly do without going behind the wall, which wasn't an option. Um, and so, yeah, it was just it was super tough. But I felt thankful leaving there with as bad of a day as we had. To only be minus three, I felt, well, we still got a fighting chance. But, um, yeah, it, it was tough. But it made us just feel more double down for this weekend of, like, we have to. We have to go and run like we should run. And we got to score a lot of points. And that, that first stage, like, my mind was about getting the lead and never giving it back the rest of the day. Like, that's just what I was planning on doing. And I had a car that could actually do it, which was awesome. You, you've been here since the chase began, and, and you know this format of it. And when you look from at from 12 to 20, the competition is just 
out of this world. I mean, it is just, it didn't used to be like that. You would know who the top 16 were going to be, and there yeah. might be some wild card guy. It's not like that anymore. So how badly did you know that you had to win to secure a spot? So I didn't feel like coming into this weekend that it was a must win. I didn't feel like that. But after seeing how fast my car was yesterday, in my mind it was a must win. Not because of the playoffs, but just because you don't get opportunities like that in the Cup Series that often. And somebody might hit on something next week and be dominant. And we could be flogging it, tongue hanging out, and running fifth, right? And it's just what we have. But today we had a race-winning car. And so I wasn't so much thinking about the must-win of the playoffs. I was thinking of the must-win of, like, you might not ever get another chance like this where your car is that good. You better make it count. And like I said, I felt that this morning. I felt that <laughs> that pressure and that angst. And um, and then the race started and that angst went down and I just got laser focused on what I had to do and and felt like I had all the things to do it. All right, Michael, we're going to have to yeah, wrap this up here. Long. We know you have some more interviews you have to do and we also know you have to to, to head home as well. So congratulations on this thank win you. and best of luck with that morning routine tomorrow. Thank you. Yeah, thank you guys. There are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left. Well, not just any track. We're basically going to have to win. Daytona. A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive. One point to the good. And for fans to experience an event unlike any other. Yeah! NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. All right, guys. Watching Glenn tomorrow afternoon, Thursday afternoon, live coverage from the Glen. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Fly back in on Tuesday, ready to roll with the Coke 400. So, it's not going to let up. And after the Coke 400, we're headed to Darlington to tell Gary Thorpe. Great job, Gary. Enjoy retirement with you and Deb, and have fun, man. 21 days on the road. Hey, if you're not a subscriber to my YouTube page, hit that subscribe button. Follow me on TikTok. We're going to have a ton of stuff in the next 21 days. It's going to be day after day. Free a day. Hang in there, folks. We'll be back tomorrow. Well, I'm not going to say Monday. Hopefully, we got our Monday straight back out. But we should be back Monday morning. Because we got back today. This was the best. Took us three days, but we're back. All right, y'all. Appreciate it.